everybody and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Suites podcast episode 83. We've actually managed to do two weeks in a row for the first time in literally months, so give a big pat on the back to us. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me today, first of all, as ever, it is Mr. Chris Manning. Chris, how are you? Uh, good evening, Dan. I'm okay, thank you very much. Uh, managed to get over the stresses of last week's cough. Very, very debilitating cough it was and I'm feeling tipped up. Looking forward to a good podcast. Mm. The stresses of uh, baiting every Sheffield United fan on the internet as well, apparently. Yeah, it's not every not single one. To just respond to any of it. Exactly, it's the best way. You, you throw a grenade and you step back and just, just watch the fallout. Yeah, just watch the limbs flying all over the show. Also joining oh. me today is Mr Tom Wilson. Tom, how are you? Hello, Dan. I'm very good, thank you. Uh, this is my first time on the Bolton version of the uh, no, it's blog not. pod for a while. You've been on this before. Uh, not in a while, though. Yeah, yeah, not for a while, but uh, you've definitely been on. So, out of habit, I'm going to try after Swerve talking about wrestling, which will uh, pretty oh, much okay. But yeah, other than that, I'm great. Baptista, Baptista. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll get slipped in somewhere. Also joining me today is Mr. Will Jones. Will, how are you? Good evening. I'm not too bad, thank you. Good stuff, good stuff. And finishing off the, what's the word for like a, like for a quartet, but with five people? Quintet. Is that really it? Yeah. Quintet? Oh, yeah. that's, that's a pretty word. I never knew that. And rounding off the quintet is... Also, for the first time in quite a while, Mr. Jamie Moss. Jamie, how are you? Very tired, but otherwise all right, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I feel your pain, feel your pain. Half five, five o'clock starts, killing me, but we soldier on, we persevere. But I tell you who doesn't persevere, lads, Bolton Wanderers, because they are doing fucking shite. We discussed on the last podcast, Chris, and Will, I believe, about these upcoming games, if we could do anything in them. And it turns out, Tom... That we cannot. You went to Middlesbrough, so I'll try and work it out. We'll talk about people who will talk about the games they went to. You went to Middlesbrough, and you also went to the second game. But you went to Middlesbrough first. We lost 3-0 to a team that spent £50 million in the summer. How was that for a game? Yeah, we absolutely did, Lewis. Um It wasn't a very good game. Uh, in my opinion, it was basically the same kind of performance we put on against Sheffield. But the difference was Middlesbrough are actually a decent side and Sheffield are a shit side. Uh, so I think if Sheffield were a decent side like Middlesbrough are, we would have got pumped as well. But yeah, it's just more of the same. And uh, honestly, changes the formations, that kind of thing, it's deeper than that, in my opinion. I, th- I, th- I find it interesting that we lasted so long without it getting... Like, it was 1-0 for most of the match. I think it was the last like, 15, 13 minutes that they kind of scored two. Did we for sure any sort of fight or anything? Or was it just all dull and Middlesbrough should have scored a lot more? Um, if your definition of putting up a fight is just pumping balls into the box and uh, kind of flopping about to try and win a free kick, which would obviously come to nothing, then yeah, we showed tons of it. Oh, well, that is but, <laughs> Heroic lads. Will, you were also there. How was it for you? Unfortunately. Um, yeah, pretty dire. It reminded me a lot of the Derby game, which I think was the previous week or two weeks ago. Um, just didn't look like scoring particularly or doing anything um, which reminded me of scoring a good goal or anything like that so yeah a very disappointing performance all around Jamie I presume you made the long drive up from Bristol for this game yeah all the way from Exeter as well so that was fun well Um, worth it it. your grief yeah well worth the trip yeah it was good Um, no I mean I think to be fair the biggest difference between the two teams I mean Borough obviously a very good team they've got players who were in the England squad last season they spent a lot of money like you say but that Triore guy was probably the biggest difference on the pitch um, creating the first two goals 
Um, it would have been a lot closer, I think, if he hadn't been there. Mm-hmm. I believe he got applauded off the pitch by some sections of the fans. So was he uh, kind of the man of the match by far, Jimmy? Yeah, I think he probably was. He just had the extra pace, the extra yard of pace, the extra skill. And yeah, I saw quite a lot of Bolton fans clapping him off. So Where was he playing? Was he out wide? Um, behind the stack um, he was playing wide right, I think. He was, he, he was attacking Robinson quite a lot, who, I mean, couldn't do a lot about it, given he didn't have that much protection, I didn't think. Um, but yeah, he sort of drifted around the right-hand side of the pitch, mm-hmm. mainly on the wing. Um, was it your first Bolton game yeah. of the season? Um, yeah, I, I saw the Leeds game Obviously, on the yeah. TV, but it's my first live one of the so, season, yeah. As someone who's kind of seen, you know, um, he's gone from kind of last year's team to this team, as like a hard cut, what, what into your eyes, are kind of the differences thus far? Well, it's all in the defence, I think, isn't it? Um, you know, last season, I mean, we probably rode our luck a bit in defence, took, took advantage of the lower quality, but, um... We didn't concede three goals in the game last season, did we? And that, that is the difference. I don't think we were necessarily always that amazing going forward. It's just that if all you have to do is nick one goal to so win or draw a game, you can do it if you have to if you have to score three against a team like Borough to get any result, it's not gonna happen. I think that, that must be the main difference and we we've talked about it at least a bit in our group, not so not not necessarily in articles, but the midfield isn't 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 quite doing what it was doing last season. Um, albeit it's easier to probably dominate a midfield in League One than it is in the Championship. Uh, Tom, you wanted to talk about the defence. How did we like line up on Saturday against Middlesbrough and then why did that lead to our downfall? Um, I believe we lined up with four at the back, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, so uh, away from the kind of much uh, lamented three at the back and it still didn't work. Yeah, that's my. That's why I I've come to the conclusion that um, formations aren't the key to our problems, which um, a lot of <clears throat> fans seem to think it is. Uh, yeah, then we reverted back to wing backs for the Sheffield game, and it was more of the same. So, I think that um, that's been nits in the bud. So, what's going uh, on defensively? I think we just look terrified whenever we have a play running at us, because in League One it was like. All right, who is this? It's attacker running at us. Oh, let's deal with him. But in the championship, it's like, okay, this this team play, this team paid what fifteen, twenty million for this player. I'm shitting myself. He's gonna, you know, we just don't have any spine really. And I don't mean that in like the tactical sense. I mean that in the we just look like terrified whenever mm-hmm. a player runs at us. It's just embarrassing, really. Well, Mark Beavers seems a far cry from the player he was last year. What's what's gone wrong? He does. He does. I'm not quite sure what what the difference has been. I mean, since the start of the season, he's kind of been off form. But like, so a fellow fan said last night to me, it's like someone else has stuck his shirt on because I think no one will mind me saying that was probably his worst performance in a Bolton shirt in a while, if not ever. Um, but I don't think the the whole problem lies with him. Solely, um, like the other lads have said, it, it's much. It's very much a defensive issue, and I was one of the ones who thought it was going to be the formation that was going to make the difference. I had a strong case for changing to four four two, but by changing to four at the back, nothing really changed. So it makes me think, like Tom said, that there's something deeper um, that lies beneath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I just was there any good. Parts of the game at all, Jamie? 
Was there anything to respect of anything worse? Is there any other players that did badly apart from the defence? I mean, I thought that Robinson actually played fairly well against Middlesbrough, considering he was up against Traore. He, he showed an ability to go forward, um, run past a man, which was nice to see from a fullback. Um, maybe he could... You know, I mean, I, I can see why he was able to play as wing-back against Sheffield, though obviously I don't know whether he did anything um, useful in that game. Um, Medine kept on doing what he's been doing. Craig Noon looked... Dangerous in the first half, but then just got a bit predictable for me. He literally only ever cut inside, even when there was one point particularly, I think probably about 15 minutes left in the game, when there was so much space, it was just crying out for him to hit the, you know, try and hit the byline, put a ball in, and he still cut inside um, straight into sort of two or three borough defenders. So that's just deeply frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I can't really think of much of note. I got annoyed about Prattley quite a few times, but I, I don't know whether that's just prejudice now or well, whether that's because he was particularly bad. You know, Prattley's <laughs> a kind of divisive figure, Will. He was left out of the game on on Tuesday night. Didn't do much difference. Was he bad against Middlesbrough? Um, I wouldn't say he, he was awful, but um, yeah, it it didn't really make much of a difference in that the scores were no different. Obviously, we still lost both games and it didn't really go our way in either and I think the changes that Parkinson bring you know I think it was seven the first time round and then was it four last night mm, I, um, I think obviously he's still looking for his for the amongst that as well not just well, formation at, and the best squad because obviously last season it was very much you know um, same team after same team so um, to still be in this position now five six games in and still be looking for the right formula is a little bit worrying, um, and the changes he's making clearly aren't helping. So I think, as much as it's a bit embarrassing that we're still looking for it, he's just got to keep trying because mm-hmm. we're not going to get any better unless something changes. There's, there's no choice, though, is there? There's no, there's no options, and there's no rotation or anything like that. But it, you know, it's not. I don't think it's out of out of necessity for tactical reasons. It's it's out of desperation almost that we're sort of scrambling around for a formation and, and a group of players who can work together at this level. Mm-hmm. And do well, um, and that's not going to change regardless of who the manager is. So, you know, I, I think he's, he's it's, it must be the hardest task in the world being a bolt manager at the minute because you just you don't really stand the chance, do you? you? You're fighting against teams with so much better resources. I mean, I, I didn't go on Saturday; I was otherwise uh, otherwise occupied. But I looked at Borough's bench, and every single one of their players on the bench would have would have been probably our best player if he played for us. There's no two ways about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I feel I feel bad for him because he, and he's obviously doing doing what he can. But he's got. He's definitely got one arm tied behind his back. It's a, well, it's a debate, isn't it? Like, should he? Do it, I think we talked. I think we actually talked about this on the last podcast. It might have been the question we ended on, but like, not we ended on the honours, didn't we? And um, like Parkinson, Chris. Like, I don't know if we can even afford to sack him at this point. Um, I I don't think so. Even I, if we I don't wanted think to, but would we? Like, yeah. what, what would be the point? The only way I could see it happening is if it, you know, if this carried on, you know, say to Christmas. I I don't even think that. 10 or 15, 15 games in the season would still be justifiable reason to get rid because not only have we no money to sack him or money that could be spent elsewhere, you know, such as fighting the supporters' trust, for example. Um, also, who else would be, that would be there that could come in, mm-hmm. work with this group of players under the constraints of a, tra- of, of a <laughs> under the constraints of a transfer embargo? So you can't buy players of, of, a, of a good standard because the only ones you can afford to buy are the ones that other teams don't want. 
So, you know, in previous years, yeah, we, we might have been up in arms had this happened again. You know, in the Friedman years, for example, when we're a bit more flush. But I think people are a lot more realistic these days and they appreciate that there's not really much that anyone can do. We're, we're swimming up upstream and it's been like that ever since the first game. We're, we're in the same waters as some very, very wealthy and, and, and well-stocked sharks. Um, and we just got to just see if we can somehow manage to make it to 21st. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's going shit, it's going badly, but we're still like only three points off kind of Burton. And I know it's early, and I don't, and it's still, it's terrifying. And I think, you know, even though I was confident pre season, I do think we're pretty much doomed now, as you say. We can't compete financially or on the pitch. The squad's imbalanced as it is. We're already getting ravaged with injuries, as it, you know, because we're Bolton Wanderers. And, but. All it takes is that embargo to finally fuck off if they can finally pull the finger out and have a good January, hopefully kind of salvage something up to that point. You know, hopefully we're not going to go the whole fucking season without you know, without winning. Hopefully a win's going to come around the corner at some point. But Tom, what do you kind of make of Phil Parkinson's comments um, after the games? Because a lot of people, you know, he's, he's saying stuff like, uh, we did everything we can, which obviously is kind of a terrifying thought if that's everything we can do. It was startling, really. Um, up to now, I've been kind of <clears throat> in the boat of, well, Parkinson obviously is the best we can get at the moment, but he isn't immune to criticism. I feel like some people um, kind of take the whole Parkinson, you know, is doing his best thing a bit too far to the point where if you criticise, say, his tactics or his team selection, uh, you know, you should be in a Debbie Downer, negative, all that shit. Um, but yeah, the comments he made after the game were just um, kind of very worrying uh he definitely didn't help himself there uh do i think he should be sacked over those comments do i think he we can make a case to get rid of him now uh absolutely not but i mean he needs to he needs to show a bit more ambition than that if we're if we're standing a chance of staying up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well the second game of the week that we lost was one nil to sheffield united chris you did attend this one your first game of the season i do believe that you was there live for how, All right, how, yeah. How did you find your, you know, the return home? Well, I found a change in me, if, if I'm honest with you. Um, I don't know what it is with age, maybe or, or experience watching Wanderers, but I just I found myself quite passive all the way through. To be honest, mm-hmm. that even when people around me were going crazy at the at the referee for for some fouls, which you know, let's face it, weren't, or you know, half-hearted appeals there, there and everywhere. And there's even moments where you can just look at it and just laugh at the situation because it's so. It's so 2015. It's not even not even funny. I'm exactly with you. I feel like I've not been to a game this season. I'm going to West Ham next week just because it's kind of a kind of a marky, weird ground to go to. And yeah, uh, sure. So I've not been asked at all this year going. Um, whenever I see these results coming in, I'm like, I I feel like I'd be I'd be real happy if we won, but I've just not asked about losing anymore. I feel yeah, like 20. It definitely the, the last championship season kind of wore us down with how shit it was then last year while last year was great on the pitch for the most part everything off the pitch as well with everything off the pitch the year previously as well it was just so kind of tiresome and yeah wearing i just don't it's just kind of rubbed my edge of kind of passion away i guess and i just i, I think you're right angry about it anymore. i feel the same and it's not anything to say that you don't necessarily care as much but I just think you learn to sort of appreciate that it's not it's not the be-all and end-all. You know, it's not... If they lose, then so be it. There'll be another match next week. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I you know, quite enjoyed the game. So I've not been to a match since the Peterborough game just for, 
being on a holiday and through you know looking after kids and so on. I've not, not had the opportunity, um, and I enjoyed the, the you know the, the the sort of experience of the match again because I missed that quite a lot. You know, being around the people that are sitting there, sat, sat with the same people since the Reebok Open, so there's it's quite a good crack going on. Yeah, and I'd be honest that the football itself was, was almost not secondary, but it, it it didn't matter as much to me really because I didn't go in there with any expectations, and I knew full well that we weren't going to. Uh, blow blow anyone away. We we're yeah. going to blow myself away. What I did find disappointing was that we we, we sort of struggled to put up a fight against quite an average team, um, at least in my estimation. I know they've strengthened a little bit since the summer, but not not massively. You know, there's nobody really in their team that you'd think is a is a you know league superstar. Obviously, they've got people like Billy Sharp, um, Carter, Carter Vickers from Spurs, etc., who are really good players. But I wanted us to put up more of a fight. And you mentioned something before about Parkinson's adventurousness. And that's what I would have liked to have seen. Um, it seemed strange that we played the way we played with the wing-backs with only one target man. It would have made sense to me to not to play Armstrong, or at least not to play Armstrong for so long, but to put Wilbraham on sooner. And if we're going to play with target men, let's just go balls out and just play with two target men. We're going to twat the ball up front anyway, so let's just do it all the time. At least we stand a better chance with two big men, because I don't think Medine's since medine has been here, I don't think he's really fostered a, a proper partnership with anyone. I know he did well with Lafondra last year, but I think again the level that we're playing at has got a lot to a lot to be said. Um, but it just makes me wonder where where we are going forward because the season's not going to be defined by Derby and Hull and um, Leeds and teams like that. You know, it's going to be defined by Sheffield United, Sheffield United yeah, Bristol. You know, teams like that, Brentford. So we're at this period now. We're at Ipswich, you know, it neither here nor there. But Sheffield United, really well, but yeah, you Sheffield. Saying. Sheffield, Millwall, Bristol—you know—as long as we don't lose those games, we can we can pick up the odd three points here and there. It won't matter so much when we get pumped against Hull, we get pumped against Derby, Leeds, etc. Exactly, but we did. So now we're going to have to try and squeeze out a result somewhere where we wouldn't have expected it previously, and that's where it becomes difficult, and that's where our limitations as a squad, because of the situation we're in with this two-year embargo, um, it's really knackering us and. I don't know where I don't know what the solution is. I certainly don't think it's getting getting rid of Parkinson because, like I said before, I don't see a, a better option available at the level that we're fighting against. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is what it is. I think you know for the fans that are getting upset, the fans that are, are, are making it, letting it ruin the weekends. You know, it's, it's not worth it. You know, I think I think another thing that's warmed me down on that count is that we've seen how you know going to court coming so close to being truly fucked as a club. Like results just aren't as perilous when you compare Absolutely. it to that. Like it's not the. It end. could be worse. Like it? if the club was in court again tomorrow, then right, I'd be shitting my pants because that they're the, you know our more our more important most important matches these years is in the courtroom, not in the fucking pitch. So it's just hard to get that worked up over bad results. But Tom, yeah. were you were you worked up after Tuesday's game? Absolutely not. Um, I'm jaded already. Um, I was just kind of... There was actually a point where I just went de- down to the foyer and just started watching it from there. Because it just wasn't worth sitting in the cold wind and rain to, to watch it. I'd much rather be there where I'm not getting wet. I'm not, you know, getting blasted with wind. And, you know, it's just... I, honestly, I'm indifferent already. Um, I'm not I'm not really the type of guy to get mad at games anyway. Like, I'm not the guy who's, like, standing up and shouting at The only time I've ever gotten... Well, two times I think I've ever got fuming with a game was when the, the Megson's last game against Hull. When we, but I was only, like, a child then, like, at 11, 12. So I don't know what I was doing. But when we lost, you know, the 2-0 lead against Hull and he was sacked, like, the day after, raged at that. I think that was the only time I booed under Megson. 
because I hate booing. I'd rather just walk out early than boo. It's just such a fucking awful noise. And yeah, if you hear someone boo on their own, it's the most pathetic noise in the yeah. world. <laughs> if you listen to this, right, pause. Just do a little boo in front. Just do a little go, boo. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. It's, yeah. And then the Derby the game under Friedman, which should have been his last... Or was it his last game? It was either his last game or his second to last. And then I think his last game was getting battered 4-0 by Fulham. I can't remember which way around that is. It's one or the other. But we lost 2-0 to Derby. Um, Lonergan fucked up for both goals, I think. Fans invaded the pitch twice. One fucked up. One was just going to kind of take the piss. The other tried attacking Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> and that game, I was just like, I think I kicked a wall and just left early because I couldn't be arsed with it when the second goal went in. Just, yeah, just pure rage. But I just don't. That's the only two times. And now I just couldn't get that spark of emotion at all, I don't think. Yeah, I just don't really feel like it's worth it. Uh, it's not as if, you know, it's going to change anything. Uh, but yeah, uh, honestly, at this point, whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a brilliant season. If we stay up, cool. But honestly, yeah. uh, it's just, you know. So, Will, how was this game? Like, what? who was bad? Who was good for Bolton? Um, I thought bringing uh, another striker back in was a good move. So, Armstrong, I think, played well. Um, linked up with Medina a couple of times. Um he did nothing wrong. That that was a point I wanted to raise, actually. Obviously, Lafonge hasn't played for a few games. Um, and I just wondered why that was, really. Because when he comes on, he just looks by by far our most effective, mm-hmm. you know, attacking option. So and just, you, think... you think, like, we all say that, oh, we can only play with Medine, that's the only system we work. But it was neither for Nation, three or four at the back, working so far this year with going long to Medine. This long mm. ball's not working. I think it could be worth just giving Armstrong and Lafondra a go. Remember how good Lafondra yeah. was with Clough, who was a more kind of mobile, fleeting, playing between the lines sort of forward, yeah. which is similar I mean, some, to Armstrong. Yeah, something I've always seen, you know, when uh, we've been, you know, smacked by another team, it's when they have the really pacey attackers because our defence just look terrified every time they go forward. And I think that's something we really lack in this in this division. Because we have no pace going forward and we don't look like scoring every time we go forward. And I feel like by playing perhaps those little two and then bringing on what one of the bigger lads later on might help. You know, it, it's worth gambling at this point because, you know... It's shaking it up, isn't it? Yeah. The variety. Yeah, but I think I think Lafondre is still the best option. And I mean, I, I was a bit confused when... Armstrong came in because so I just think you've got two players there who offer exactly the same thing, right, Lafondre and him. But then I thought, well, he's only here till January, isn't he? So there's a good chance that he may, you know, he won't. That won't be extended. But obviously, that remains to be seen. Um, who else played well? I thought Robinson did well again at, at left back. Well, left wing back. I think he was playing last night. Um, I, I think he was. Kind of, he, he can't be held responsible for what happened on Saturday. You know, he he kind of did his job to the best of his ability, but you know, you can't really compete against the likes of Barcelona youth products. Um, I like the fact that Wita came back in. I think he, I, I I was really unsure on him. You know, obviously after his injury and thinking he just looked really off the pace against Leeds, but he he just looked so much more assured than than Beavers does at centre back this season. Mm-hmm. Um. Good to see Burke back in. I, I really rate Burke. Um, and then his West Ham partner, Cullen. He's still very much blowing hot and cold. I, can't, I really can't decide on him. Um, it, bits of him remind me of Mark Davis, dare I say it. But 
it's he's still not like adding anything. I, I don't think at this point, mm-hmm. but he's still he's still a better option than Prattley. Mm-hmm. I thought Carrican Carrican uh, played very well. Um, the only one who looked like he, he wanted to win the ball, you know, when when it was fifty fifty, you know, he went flying into challenges despite being on yellow cards and and what have you. So I was impressed by him. Um, With so many played well, well, why, why did we do so poorly? Right, I don't because think... the people who play bad, bad played really bad. And who were they? Yeah, and yeah. And, uh, and Will doesn't know anything about football clearly. <laughs> oh, I don't. No, but I, 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 it's really difficult to understand because obviously ne- none of us know the formula and neither does Parkinson at the minute, I don't think. So, like, I, c- I can really relate to what Chris said earlier about just um, feeling really passive about things now because you just sit and you look back and you think, what is the answer? Because we literally have no clear idea of, of where we go to next, you know, where, where we look. Um, and it's just a bit of a sad situation at the minute that you've, Got to sit there and think. I literally have no idea what's going to happen now, or where the points are going to come from, where the goals are going to come from. So it, it's a bit depressing. Well, Jamie, how? What is the answer? How do we change it for the better? That's putting a putting a lot of trust in my opinion. There, yes, what's the answer? But you're not um, the first games that you went there so far, I'll give you the big question. Should give you enough well, time to talk. Thank you. Um, I mean. Who who knows what the answer is? But it's, it's like it's like it's like you guys were saying. We've got to try something to mix it up, and if that means trying to play Armstrong and Lafondre together, or just doing something else a bit different, then you've got to give it a go. Because, um, yeah, just smashing the ball up at Medine. Medine's not the best target man in the world. Hmm. He can bring other players into play, but he also quite often doesn't. Um, I don't think he's ever been the best target man. Um, so constantly playing to him is always going to be at least in part flawed, but it's it's difficult to um, it's difficult to think of an answer to the question because I don't I don't know whether we do have the players to to answer the question, and that is the problem. We've we've got a League One squad with, with all due respect, with a League One manager, and at the moment we're out of our depth. I don't think it's surprising. Um, just thinking about the difference between. Beavers this season and last season. I mean, it's been a few years since he played at this level, I think, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, um, so. yeah, whereas Wheat is a bit more experienced at this level, so it's maybe not a surprise that someone like Wheat is made, able to adapt slightly better back up to this level than Beavers is. And I think that maybe goes for a few of the other lads who have struggled at this level and they're coming back up, confidence is low, and then you know, you're know you playing the likes of Middlesbrough with Triore and you're playing leaves with Chris Wood and whatever else and it, it's understandable they start to feel out of their depth I just want to say that I, um, I fundamentally disagree with the whole uh, there's no system to work and there's no player to change it um, lads there's this guy called Julio Baptista you might have heard of him listen right he's on the, he's on, he's on the list right you brought him up before his time we were trying to like, eke as much out of these games as, first, as possible first before he moved on to the big lad but you've brought him up You've, sh- you've shot your lord early. You've jumped the gun. <laughs> fucking lead the way, son. Julio Baptista played for the Bolton in the 23s the other day and by all accounts looked all right. Uh, was seen leaving the hotel with bags and whatnot before the game on Saturday or Tuesday, one of the two. Could that be he's moving his stuff either to a plane back to Brazil or um, to a new house in Cheshire? I like spotted him. So? He was actually his tenant outside of Level Night Club. That's oh, what he's doing. Sure he, he was. was last night. He was. 
Yeah, he was, yeah. Ooh, so Tom, we looks by all means that we're going to sign Julio Baptista. The Real I mean, he's, and Arsenal, he's Brazilian, isn't he? So, I mean, I was led to believe from a young age that if you're Brazilian, you've got the you've got the stuff. So, yeah, it's not really a debate for me. That. I think playoffs is a um, you know, matter what, of when. What do than we it. think about this in all seriousness? Is... Uh, it's... Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to make a joke. Come on, it's lads. I like I'm being it, clean with you. Because if we're going to go down, I'd rather go down in a banterous way. Oh, yeah, you've got to have a laugh. Julio Baptista up front, leading the line. He can't do Imagine. any worse, you know? He might not be able to do better, but he can't be any worse. At least it'd be funny, won't it? Uh, got a bit of a shot on him as well, so he might get exactly a few pandas out of them He's got well. a fucking power driver on him. He just smashes it. That's all we need. I just think that if we're, if, we're, yeah, if we're signing people based on that five-a-side tournament, let's just go the whole hog right, and we'll sign Robert Pires, sign Christian Carambo, <laughs> get Jock AF back. I mean, you know what? It's not a bad idea because our team, when they played in that Legends competition, we'll get Richard Sneaks and David Lee in there as well. I, I really don't see... <laughs> I don't, I'd don't take see a, David Lee. I don't see I a problem with it. I would 100% take David Absolutely. Lee. Absolutely. I see David Lee and as the forward in Preston, right, every couple of weeks. He's fit as a fiddle, that boy. Not telling me that he couldn't play on the wing. Mate, he, um, he could easily play on the wing. Last twenty minutes, just give it ball. Course, swing about 80, he that beats five crosses into that area. Big Julio. You know, on, on the topic on the topic of Baptista, um, it, you know, I can't imagine for a second Parkinson was sat in his office, you know, checking out Y Scout, whatever it's called. So you know, who could have about? Oh, I know. I think you know that Baptista that got let go by Orlando City because he was not good enough. He's <laughs> exactly what we need in this relevant. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what we need in this relegation fight. He's not a he's not a blooming anyone signing. He's, he's a shiny distraction to all the Bolton fans who look at look at this shiny yeah. new toy. Don't look at the league. No, no, no. Don't look at the league table. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Look at the shiny new like a magpie collecting coins. Well, it definitely all, works. Say that. I'm well excited for it. Exactly. And and Dandy got you. You played. You played you like a oh, fiddle, yeah, mate. Big time. Like I'm an absolute fun. fiddle. Mate, I'm, I'm glad you're happy. That, that makes your, your happiness makes me happy. Mate, Brings in a, a few shirts, hell's mind. Mate, I love it, man. Five year contract. Five year contract. We've got literally <laughs> nothing else going for us. If we can sign an old shite player just for the band, like, I'll take it every single time. I love it. I <laughs> absolutely love it. I loved Heskey for a while before he stayed another year. <laughs> Obviously, loved Ida, which we'll talk. Who we'll talk a bit more uh, in a minute. Because that's a good thing we could talk about. Um, but yeah, Jamie, what do you think about Big Julio coming in? It would definitely be a cross between Heskey and Amiobi, won't it? Mm. Um, as in Shola rather than Sammy. Um, I forgot about Shola, fuck me. I mean, you know, if uh, you know, why not? Yeah, like you say, it'd be funny, and if it works out, then great. If it doesn't, then we can go down with a laugh, can't we? Exactly, exactly. And what's football if not a laugh? But before. Uh, Tom went on that tangent. I was going to go back to you, Chris, and Jerry for that matter. You, you know, you both got your first games of the season this year. New signings that you saw for the first time. Who you impressed you, Chris? Um, Mark Little was apparently um, played well against Sheffield United, which we yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Uh, first half, I wasn't impressed with that number five. I don't know who he is, but I think you know if we bring Beavers back next week, I'd be happy with that. Right. Um, I thought the two fullbacks were excellent for for one half each. I gave them joint man of the match in my article this morning. Um, I thought Robinson, who I kept trying to call Johnson for some reason, I don't know why, but he was excellent in the first half, and I thought Mark Little was brilliant in the second half. So, yeah, really impressed by those two. Mm-hmm. Um, Burke, you know, less impressed. I don't know. Has he ever played in midfield? Uh, is he playing out of position in defence? I'm not, I'm not that sure about him, to I be honest. I feel like he's a 
John O'Shea just play anywhere? Mm, it, it, it was okay. He didn't really do much wrong. Don't like his haircut. Um, Cullen reminded me of Mark Noble a little bit. You know the, the sort of football that's just there. Doesn't really do anything. He doesn't really attack. Doesn't really defend. Yeah, but he yeah. just keeps the ball moving, which is perfectly fine. There's a place for that. Um, who else have we got? Armstrong. Yeah, just he's a he's a centre forward playing behind the main striker. So it was not his natural position. So I don't I didn't think he could do any more than that. And I think that was it. Largely was it, boys? But um, Buckley. Uh, Buckley. Yeah, I mean he, he didn't touch the ball for the first ten minutes, but then he was our best player for the, for the fifteen minutes after that. It was a shame to see him go injured, but that harks back to what I said in the first bit about we're signing players who are free transfers for a reason because either nobody wants them because of the shit or because the the, the Crocs. And unfortunately, he's he's someone that spent a large part of his career out injured, hence him being available and hence him being cheap. So it's par for the course, I think, with a player like that. It's a shame because he did start, he did he did play well in the, the little spell that he had on the pitch, and I hope he's uh, he's not out for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? Um, yeah, so I, I, Robinson impressed going forward um, mainly, but he had a thankless task um, defensively against Borough. Um, Craig Noon can clearly cut inside and shoot a defender very well, but whether he can do anything else will be uh, a matter for another game. Um, I hope he mixes it up a bit, otherwise he won't really um, do much this season, I don't think. Um, who else? Burke played it right back against Borough, which I wasn't convinced by. Um, I don't think he wanted to be at right back. Uh, I think he drifted in a sort of centre a bit. Uh, but I don't... I, I, yeah, he is a centre-back, so that's not a surprise. He looks a lot better on the ball than um, certainly than Wieser, who was um, not exactly passing it very cleverly in that game. Uh, he wasn't doing anything special with the ball, Burke, but at least he was finding a man who wasn't under pressure, which is quite useful for centre-back. Um, Cullen didn't do much, uh, but didn't play for that much of the game against Burrow, I don't think. I think that's generally my impression. Oh, and um, Derby at right-back was just a bit useless. He seems to have been practising. shocking, can I just add I that? Think, I, th- I think he must have spent the week practising how to kick the ball into touch down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he was watching a rugby match or something thought he was getting some territory I really don't know yeah. it was it was just absolutely peculiar I certainly could have predicted um, that is there any other points from the two games anyone would like to make any defence Derek. injury Derek's injury of course like for six out. weeks or so yeah six months six weeks um, yeah do you think that'll alter the EFL How, well that is a good question uh, I think no. I think they're going to be harsh as fuck. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't see it's going to change. The, you know, we they're not be old to us to to get us a, get us a deep squad. They've made a judgment on how many players they we can have. We then play choose... a kid. They might let us do that thing yeah. where we deregister Derek. But mm. play a kid. I don't know how that works mid-season. If we well, can swap it again, would he be able to come back in? Yeah, that's the issue. I, don't I think. Do you know, I, I think I, I would. I would be surprised if anything changes. It's still. And I won't be surprised if they turn around and say, well, you know, tough titties, lads, unfortunately, cope with it. That's what I imagine. The only the only mm. thing I can see, possibly, is them letting us just play a kid, like letting us have one of our, you know, as we talked about last week, let's actually use one of the players we have to uh, fill the spot, but I do doubt it. Any, any that year. would be nice, given how concerned they are about teams playing young players, wouldn't it? You know, with yeah, the whole Tim Pot Cup thing. You know, it'd be really nice if they let us play young you players. You would have thought, you would have thought. Uh, anything else? 
How did Derek actually do? Was it against Middlesbrough he played or whichever team? Yeah, it was, against, it was against Middlesbrough. I thought he looked right against Middlesbrough, actually. I've never been convinced by Derek. Um, but I thought he did his job well. Um, I think, he, well, he definitely went off before the second two goals and maybe there's something in that. Um, but yeah, I thought he, I thought he did shoot defence quite well. Does anybody have any, uh, any still any lingering feelings towards Jay Spearing? Um, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. I think he did provide a bit of drive on the pitch. Sure, he had bad performances, um, but yeah. honestly, you can tell the relationship I, he had with all the players really held. I thought we missed his, you know, not necessarily missed him, but we missed somebody standing up to Sheffield United a little bit on, yeah, on last night because we we got we got played, you know, they were they were cute and cynical and they were they were tough. Um, we couldn't stand up to that because that midfield was soft as shit. There was no tacklers in that mid that midfield whatsoever. Medine so wouldn't. He did, but he, he did, but they were bypassing they were bypassing our midfield with ease because of the lack of uh, the lack of physical pressure. He turned it into a scrap, though, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Uh, that's I said to the guys the best thing I've ever seen Medine do for us that he uh, <laughs> did. He really really stood up for himself. Whether that's because of the opposition and the stick he was getting off of the game, I don't know. But uh, but good on him for that. Mm-hmm. Are you a little concerned in that regard that we just kind of closed the door on Spearing completely this past week, Chris? Well, what can we do? We can't. We can't pay him. He's not going to take a fifth of what he was on last year. I don't think, is he? Got uh, else on, has he? Well, he must have something on. I can't. I can't imagine that he's just sat there doing nothing. I know he's been keeping himself busy on the telly and so on, but it's just a funny situation. I, I wasn't devastated to have him to see him depart because I did think that he, he flattered to deceive more often than not. But it, the importance of somebody in that position who has that particular type of, of mentality that. Drive um, has been shown has been shown to be far more crucial than I imagined uh, in Definitely. the last six weeks or so. Any more for any more on the matches? Don't think so. No, that's everything. Good. Yeah. Well, we'll move on. As I just mentioned, I had a good Johnson as a nice retirement. Very sadly. Um, I'm not sure how to help you with that. Cheers, Siri. Thanks for that. Thanks for <laughs> fucking uh, pitching in with it's your opinion topic. there, love. But I had a good Johnson, Chris. I think you're the only member of this podcast who can remember him the first time around. Uh, yeah. So what are your fond memories of good old Ida? Like for me, his return, um, honestly, one of the best kind of feeling supporting Bolton in recent years. Was. Yeah, I was there at his debut. He played made his debut against Hull. A little fat, little blonde-haired guy waddling on the pitch just after the away fans had thrown a big pile of tennis balls on the pitch to uh, protest against David Lloyd, who was their chairman at the time. Um, yeah, I look, I've de- some of the highs from his first period, his goal against Wimbledon, uh, the FA Cup goal against Charlton that he scored as well. Some really fantastic uh, fantastic memories. He was very frustrating though first time round. He'd, he'd often miss as many as he could score. He'd score the hard ones and miss the easy ones. It was uh, He was a curious player. And if we'd have kept him another 12 months, I'm sure had our financial situation been better as well, we could have easily got double what we ended up selling for. But it was an absolutely triumphant return. And it was really sad the way it ended. The the the, the stories that you hear of, of the club reneging on promises made and, and he, he had I found himself with little choice but to leave. Um the fact that we wrote yet, kept Hesketh breaks my heart. Yeah. But then, you know, we we've got form for treating treating players like the, you know, um players of Campo stature per France and even modern day legends like Niall Maher, you know, we we have we we are lacking in in some some situations, I think, in the way that we deal with these players. Um, but yeah, to see, I didn't realise his career had been quite so nomadic when until oh, I wrote yeah. that, that when he's I knew he obviously played for Barcelona. I saw him I saw him play in Barcelona when I went to Stag do a few years ago and uh, had a couple of 
San Miguel's too many and bought myself a good Johnson Barcelona shirt with the letters peeled off on the aeroplane coming home. There's all sorts of things like that. It just he's one of my one of a player that I remember very very fondly and uh, very grateful for the time he spent with us. He only played in total about seventy games for us, scored about twenty five goals I think all in all. So he's got to be up there with you know Stuart Holden in terms of the, the a player that spent the least time with us but had the most impact. As a modern day legend, he's definitely in the top ten I would think. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Tom, uh, fond memories of Ida. Um. I remember seeing him at Chelsea. Uh, that's like my first memory of him, <clears throat> like at the tail end of his Chelsea career. I remember when um, I found out that I used to play, like seeing him for Chelsea, seeing him being sick, and then finding out that we'd signed, like he signed up from us, and I was like, "Yeah, that is the same for me." I was like, "Oh, this guy seems really good. Why did we, why did we ever let go of him?" And you know, complicated story and all that stuff. I was talking to a Chelsea fan at work. They didn't know that Marcus Alonso used to play for us, so it's still happening even these days. Yeah, that's true. Um, you got to imagine some kids like. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a good point, actually. But yeah, seeing him on his return was very good. I was very excited to see, you know, if he could live up to the hype. Uh, but and it, I, I think he did, personally. Oh, I, I think he really uh, gave something to the team back in 2014 slash 2015. One of the classiest players on the ball, so nonchalant, so composed, so kind of elegant, like his passing, his just touch, and then, he's, and then he could just really just fucking thump the ball on when it required to remember his goal against Cardiff on the kind of the last away day of the year, I think it was like in April time, the bank holiday weekend in Easter, and um, in the sunlight, some great pictures of that game of him celebrating some fucking great goals. He was a good player, old Ida, wasn't he? Yeah. Sorry, was that me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Go for it if you'd like. I was just going to say, he just seems like a great guy off the pitch as well, that's all I want to say. Good Twitter banner, good follow. Well. It was well, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I've only seen him second time round. Not old enough to really remember the first time he was with us. Um, saw a glimpse of him at Chelsea and stuff like that. Um, but obviously, on his return, I'd, I'd heard a lot about him and how good he was the last time round. And you know, he he showed like he was obviously a class player in his day. Um, obviously, very much off the pace because of his age and stuff like that. But he still, you know, could knock a ball forty yards or whatever and just be in the right place at the right time just because he's got that football brain, you know, he, he knows where he needs to be. But um, I remember at the start of the summer window, this this time round, there was another really weak link with him. But um, obviously he decided to call time and fair play to him because, I, I mean, I think he left us to go to China, didn't he, last time? Yeah, I believe that he did. And then I think he went back to... To yeah, Norway. I didn't know at Norway for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when he when he came back his his second debut and he came on as a sub in the in the cup game I think and no it was a nil nil yeah. step switch oh was it I, re- I just re- fifth, I think I just re- I just remember I he did a, he did it he did a turn the ball came towards him and he did a turn that I've only ever seen Per Franson do once and and it's a turn a turn that was so good it, the whole stadium was completely fooled by it fans included as yeah. well and that sort of class it was just so good to see you know. And in amongst the, the shite that we had to put up with at that time, that there was still someone that would be prepared to play like that. It was, it was fantastic. I just wish so much that in that Liverpool game, the 0-0 at Anfield, he had a fucking golden opportunity right in front of the fans, but eight yards mm. out, fucking unmarked, on a, like a ball dropping down. He fucking volleyed it over the bar. Oh, he should have buried it. What, oh, what could have been? What could have been? But, Jamie, that doesn't really tarnish much, does it? 
No, it would have been too perfect, wouldn't it, almost, if he'd got that. We don't, yeah, we don't get that stuff. No, no, it's like when Kevin Davis couldn't quite keep us off at the end of the Premier League year and stuff. It just would have been too much. Um, but it, it says a lot for the guy that he was, because he was basically retired when he joined us, wasn't he? He was playing, like, semi-pro think, level no, or something. I think Belgium, I think. It was his last club. Uh, yeah. Was, but... same, he only same, came back same with us to do a bit of training, didn't he? So he, he wasn't anywhere he'd near. Left, he was with a Belgium club yeah. and he'd left it, I think. I'll get his... Yeah. Up. But you, you're right in essence, yeah. And to still come back in and just be sort of so so good, is it says a lot. But I'm quite jealous of my mates at work because he, he met him when he was a kid at at Chelsea and got his autograph and everything. But what can you do? Indeed. But I'll, I'll always I'll always remember him for that for that assist for Emil Heskey against Blackburn. Mate. Because that, that was a beautiful moment. Classy outside the boot pass straight to Heskey on the pitch five minutes against Blackburn. You couldn't fucking write it. It was absolutely magical and, yeah, fucking great memory. I've just got his Wikipedia up here. Here's his career. He started at Valor in 1994, then went to PSV, was loaned back to KR Reykjavik, then came to Bolton in 98, then to Chelsea for six years, then to Barcelona for three years, Monaco for a year, then on loan to Tottenham, then to Stoke, then on loan to Fulham, then to AAK Athens, Circle Bruges, Club Bruges, Bolton again, Sejung Hang Everbright, and then finally Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's and Mulder. And of course, he, he came to us because he was, he was playing with um, Romario at PSV, and he, he got a really bad broken ankle, and he was out for about eighteen months. And that they released him on a free transfer. Right. Remember it very very clearly at the time. So he came to us with a with a, with a real point to prove, and he and he definitely proved it. Yeah, and you know, so that's a, a career spanning what 24, 24 years or so. Um, some great memories for multiple fans, including Iceland, of course, where he was captain, scored 26 goals in eight year games, and a player who will be sorely missed, I think, by all. But we. Can't. I remember. Oh. Please go. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, yeah, no, I remember. Uh, I remember going on Icelandic radio. They got in touch with us via Line yeah. of Vienna when uh, when we re-signed for us again. Yeah, and I did a, an interview on Icelandic radio in my lunch break at work. It was, it was surreal, all because of one little one little footballer who decided to come back and play for us. Yeah. It's brilliant. And that's why. Even if the you say you shouldn't go back and it might be bad, I'll always have anyone who used to play for us we like, I'll always accept back because I'm just a sentimental little boy, aren't I? Um, but we can't mm. end on that nice note. I probably should have thought that better. Should have probably should have ended talking about Ida, end happily. But alas, we're going to end on yet more embarrassment because Bolton don't only take the L's on the field, they take it on the field of social media as well. Now, Tom, I think the person, oh you're the right person to go to for this. So... Mark Hamill of Star Wars and being the best Joker fame um, tweeted that he has now become a Wolves fan because he liked a tweet uh, saying, uh, do you like Wolves? He thought he, they meant the animal, so he liked the tweet. Uh, news organisations picked it up saying he supported Wolves and all the Wolves fans started loving him. So he's like, well, I've got to be a Wolves fan now, don't I? And thus that happened. And in the aftermath of that, Bolton tried doing banter with Wolves' Twitter account. And just like every time Bolton tried to do banter with any social media account, it backfired fucking massively, didn't it, Tom? I mean, listen, I'm not in the business of saying that somebody should lose their job, no. but it's just embarrassing. Like, do we not suffer enough on the field that we have to then log on? To Twitter, to um, I, listen. I'm logging onto Twitter to to drown my sorrows, to forget about the fact that we're absolute shite. And I see us trying to 
out banter the big boys like wolves. Like it's just embarrassing. It's completely like, mugged off. We said something yeah. like, "We're the one and only one, uh, wanderers." Wolves started off juvenile and did a kind of a gif uh, gif gag. We replied with a very fucking shit Star Wars one, and then they put. To be fair, lads, you are at the top of the table or something along those lines. That was funny, to be fair. It was that fucking amazing. Going. It was really funny. That's why it's annoying, because they absolutely mugged us off. Just like happened with Reading after we tried bloody starting <laughs> something and they twatted us 7-1. Like, every bloody time we try and do this, it always backfires incredibly and we really should just stop doing it. Or hire someone who's actually funny to do the Twitter. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Would Jamie, Will, Chris, would any of you like to weigh in on this kind of Shite. It's just yeah, a... I, I don't, oh. miss it. Don't, don't miss it one bit. Oh, yeah, you're not there anymore. You missed it. Did you see don't this? Yeah. I saw it because it got sent to me. A lad at work sent to me. It was on some blooming stupid um, like BuzzFeed type thing. Yeah. And, and um, it was like when football clubs get into, get Twitter wrong, basically. And then before I even clicked on it, I knew it was probably you know 99% chance it was going to be Bolton, it usually is. 100%. Will, were you going to say something? It was just the countdown that they're doing at the minute for the best players at the Reebok. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, oh. Finn, but whatever. But David yeah. Witten, number 13. Now, I like Big Dave, don't get me wrong. But I'd be damned if he's the 13th me. best player to ever play at the Macron Stadium. <laughs> oh, Jamie, anything to say? Nah, not really. Well, but I do agree, the top 20 is a bit embarrassing. I don't know. I don't get that far. I think it's quite nice. To well, as in, as in, as in, we to being up there, ah, okay. not doing it. Do, doing it's doing it's lovely. Okay, doing it's lovely. Is there any other Bolton point anyone would like to bring up? Yeah, we're not very good, are we? <laughs> not at all. We'll end it on that sombre note. So, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We have been the Line of the Street Podcast, episode eighty-three. You can follow us all, and well, follow four of us on Twitter. I am at the Brosket. Tom is at Cult of Wilson, Will is at Will Jones one and Jamie is at Jamie Moss one two three. Sounds about right, I don't know. Underscore Moss, maybe, <laughs> Jamie underscore Moss one two three, maybe, something like that. Follow us all. And of course you can follow us all collectively on Twitter at Lion of Venus D, where we're definitely not more uh, embarrassing than the official account, because who do that? We definitely don't get uh, into spats with Sheffield United fans and look stupid after our team does really poorly. Not in the slightest. You can read all our words and musings and whatnot over on lionofviennasuite.com you listen to this podcast and thank you very much please rate subscribe view share listen fucking whatever you want to do with it be nice give us five stars on all that jazz but lads if there's if there's nothing left to say it's time to say goodbye so say goodbye chris goodbye chris say goodbye tom julio about to see you stuff Bantista. <laughs> Say goodbye, Will. Goodbye, Will. Say goodbye, Jamie. Goodbye, Jamie. And it is goodbye from me. Fuck ye. <laughs> <laughs>